This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. I feel like we've been waiting forever, but it's finally time once again for the Decibel Geek Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm, you know, it's it's just been one of them weeks. We've been having so much fun lately that when it comes time to record the Decibel Geek, I think I'm a lot like a lot of our listeners, and I just can't freaking wait. In case you didn't know, I'm Aaron Camaro, and the other guy right across the way from me, the guy that's always here with me every single week, my good friend Chris Sinzak. I'm here, and I'm giddy like a schoolgirl, just like you are. <laughs> I am, too. It's been an exciting couple of weeks, man. Yes, it has. We, uh... We were talking before we got on mic tonight about how, you know, those of you that are longtime listeners, we had Mark Slaughter on the show a few weeks ago. and um, How cool was that? It was a, well, I'm still kind of blown away by it. was a four-year journey and a dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> I just always just remember listening to the Slaughter and the Vinnie Vincent invasion yes. and being a kid and then coming back and, and, and getting to sit down at an old Charlie's with them and, mm-hmm. you know, outside of Nashville, Tennessee. It's a trip, man. It yeah. trips me out. And, uh but ever since then, we've been having a lot of response and a lot of extra listens to the newer episodes, even the ones without a special guest. You know, it makes me kind of feel like Kiss taking Slaughter out on the road with me, you know? Yeah. It's like, we're the Decibel Geek Podcast. We're doing okay on our own. We're all right. Yeah. But then we bring Mark Slaughter in, and all of a sudden, we got all these fans coming to the show. I know. And, you know, a few weeks before Mark Slaughter came on, we were really trying to be Bon Jovi, so it made, it made a lot of sense. <laughs> What's Bon Jovi doing? That's what we need exactly. to do. Exactly. Who's their hairdresser? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, we've had a, lo- a lot of new listeners, and uh, if you're one of the new people, welcome. We love having you on board. We've yeah. had bigger numbers than we've had in a long time, and um, a lot of emails of people saying they just discovered the show and they're binge listening to it. And the longer we go on, the more of a daunting task that's becoming, because we're close to 200 episodes now. Right. So, yeah, those of you that are going back and listening to the back archive, boy, my hat's off to you. Right. You I know, sure wouldn't want to hear me that much. There's a lot of cool stuff in there, though. There's a whole, besides Chris and myself, there's a whole lot of other really cool people here back in all the archives. Absolutely. You know, so if you haven't got a chance to take a stroll through that yet, you ought to do it. Totally. There's a lot of goods to go to decibelgeek.com, and uh, it's all there, categorized it's and all everything. There. It's, we made it easy for you. Very easy. So um, a couple things we wanted to uh, we wanted to do a new thing here because, like, you know, a lot of shows will beg you for an iTunes review every week. and that's Much, st- much like us. That's standard practice, <laughs> and, and we all want iTunes reviews. Of course. But we thought, you know, it's great to ask for them, but why don't we acknowledge some of these that we're getting because yeah, we been, get great ones. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a little while, so today that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to choose an iTunes review, and we're going to read it on this show i almost said on the air but you know (laughs) on the pre-recorded air on the internet yes um so here's our itunes review of the week and this is fantastic and i kind of feel funny reading the title of it but the title is better than eddie trunk better looking too (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know about that Uh, my wife thinks so But this is a review from Brad Cano, and he's from the United States of America, right here with us. You know, we got listeners all over the world, but yes. this is this is a fantastic review, and it goes a little something like this: Love the show, guys. I love the rock and roll, and pretty much dedicated my life to rock since a young kid. So I relate to you guys very much. I love that. Me too. I love that a lot. You know, that's why we're doing this. I subscribed to The Geek just over a month ago and has successfully listened to every single episode. So your voices have become very familiar. Poor bastard. (laughs) I drive over an hour to and from work every day. So your podcast has been a blessing. That's what it's all about for the working man and woman out there. I love it. 
Um, thank you for your dedication and hard work and keeping our kind of music alive. Yeah, this is our kind of music. You're damn right. And uh, keep it up. Playing a band. Oh, he plays in a band. And he writes music and records, and it's as all as their own original music. He'd like to send us some. You'd like to send it soon, if possible. The sooner, the better. Yeah, and, and Brad, you, we're a little late getting back to you on this, but uh, yes, please send it on. Um, go to send it to feedback at decibelgeek.com. Nice. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Anybody that's got music that's rock and rolling is like what we're doing here. Yes. You know, we're send for new, it to new us. New featured artists coming soon. Yeah, we're doing something cool with that very soon, and Brad Cano is going to be a part of that. Anyways, keep up the hard work, and I'm definitely a big fan of the show. Later, guys. BK. So, man, thanks, that is Brad. so cool, man. I love it. Yeah, so, you know, you guys, especially a well-thought-out review like that and typing that much stuff up, I, you know, I thought it deserved uh, a mention. And we're going to start doing this more regularly because you, know, you guys deserve to be recognized for, for your praise of how awesome we are. <laughs> <laughs> we will totally let you put us over. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we do work hard around here, and we're right yeah. back to it this That's week. Right. But, you know, we can't move on just yet because we got to get to our favorite people in the whole freaking world. That's right. I'm talking about our geeks of the week. That's right. Geeks of the week. These are the people that share on Facebook and retweet on Twitter the previous week's episode. So if you want to hear your name read off next week, share the link or retweet the link this week. I've seen this list. You better take a couple of deep breaths. Yeah, I'm gonna. I got a lot more names to read off this week, and this is just from an organic show with no uh, special guests. So love you guys. Yeah, so cool. Geeks of the week this week are Miguel Nunez, Andrew Kiss of the Strange Ways podcast, Brent Walter, Robin Bennett, Cal Hens, Wayne Cross, Chris Karam. Aaron Baker, Ian Wiley of Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, Justin Hayes, Colin Francis, Todd Cunningham, David Alpazar, Joe Lascon, Dan Chaput, Brad Kalmanson, Baco, Gino Ames, Joe Royland, Billy Hardaway, Derek Novak, Mike Stewart, Joe Polo of Podcast Rock City, Mark Alden Taylor, Matt Severson of Paperback Rocker, Cobras and Fire, Joseph Ciambelli, Rob Webb, Dennis Gamez, Wayne Newburn, Sit and Spin with Joe, Brian Knapp, Brant Cattell, Kevin Barry Matea, <laughs> Almost there. Almost. Chad Pollock, Kai Velmer, the Mooger Fooger, the Rockin' Donkey. Where else? What other show are you going to hear those names? Yeah. Music Mags and Wax, Acram, I think I got that right. Hoops, Brian Flavel, Flavel, DC Steve, TJ Cullen, 1171, Podcast of the Best, Colin Stealth, and Joel Hebensberger. So cool, man. We love those guys so much. You know, and there's some names on that list that we hear every single week. You guys are our favorite, and we also love the new people coming on sharing it as well. That's pretty awesome. You know, we come off Mark Slaughter. We we do our thing last week with some buried treasure, shining yeah. some light on some good bands. That album maybe not, openers, too. Yeah, album openers after that. Yeah, and today... We're back with something else that's going to be a lot of fun, because today, things are getting super. Yeah, we've been wanting to do this for a long time, actually. I think this has been in the plans for a long time. It has? Yeah. It kind of fell on the back burner with some other stuff coming up, but we've gone back at our, looked at our notes and said, what have we missed? Oh, yeah, we have, we've meant to do a show about super groups. Yeah, and then and in rock and metal, there's no shortage. No, man. There's a lot of great stuff out there, super groups. Because you got to figure all these amazing rock and rollers out there, and they're floating around in between bands, and right. there's different circumstances, and these things just kind of align themselves. And today, we're going to see some alignment of some kick ass rock and roll. Yeah, and I'll just, and I put this in the show notes, and the definition, according to Webster's, of super group is noun. An exceptionally successful rock group, in particular one formed by musicians already famous from playing in other groups. Yes. Um, 
we're going to play a little bit fast and loose with this. Not all these <laughs> bands were really quote unquote successful. So, but who, who gives a shit how many records they sell? If it's good, it's good. It's good. It's good. So we've got a, a, a we got ten good songs here from ten it's interesting bands, and uh, I'm going first, right? Yeah, you go ahead and go first. Okay, so for mine, just because I want to hear this because it's awesome. Right. Okay. I thought I had everything ready, and I didn't. Okay. My first pick goes back to 1971. Good thing you know the editor. I do. <laughs> He's an asshole. But um, uh, my first supergroup is a band called Humble Pie. And this is a band that goes way back. Uh, if you're a Kiss fan and you love Paul Stanley, you have Steve Marriott and Humble Pie to thank for that. Yeah, you do. Totally. Paul Stanley stole a lot of his stage act from Steve Marriott. Well, he was definitely influenced by it, no doubt about it. This guy, this was the most charismatic frontman of that era, in my opinion. Um, they released Rock in the Fillmore in 1971. The band had Steve Marriott, who was previously in The Small Faces, Peter Frampton, who was in The Herd and, of course, went on to plenty of other stuff. Yeah, we all had Frampton yes. Comes Alive or laying around the house when we were kids, haven't we? Yeah. Also, The band also had Greg Ridley from Spooky Tooth, Clem Clemson from Coliseum, and Jerry Shirley from Apostolic Intervention. That's I mouthful i've heard of spooky tooth but you know these bands were well known at the time at their time yeah i so got this you is, this is well before aaron and i's time even um there's a humble pie man right. humble pie is not beyond anybody's time well, no, because it's awesome yeah but i mean some of these previous bands yesterday like, today and tomorrow I've, you pop I've, this stuff on yeah, it's good i don't have apostolic intervention in my, in my <laughs> it's not in your ipod not, not my ipod <laughs> maybe i should check it out i never, maybe, you never know hey you never know but um rocking the Fillmore is an iconic live album and there's a story that during the mixing of the album the band presented what they thought to be the finished product um to their manager d anthony and he listened to it, and he made one comment. He said, great, but where's the audience? It turned out that Steve Marriott and drummer Jerry, Jerry Shirley were stoned and had forgotten to include the sound of the audience into the mix. Oh, so, so it's one of those so kind of live albums, Back huh? to the mixing desk. <laughs> and they had to add the, add the audience. So That's funny. Not only an influence on Paul Stanley as a front man, but yeah, also right. on live, live albums. How to make a live How album. How to make a live album in the studio. <laughs> the humble pie, humble pie story. Yeah, but Rockin' the Fillmore is a classic album, and be shortly before the release of this album, Peter Frampton left, drew to growing friction between him and Steve Marriott, and went on to a huge success. Yeah. But man, he was great when these guys were together, and this is Humble Pie with Four Day Creep.
Man, that is absolutely one of my favorite Humble Pie songs. And, and it has aged well. I mean, it's just... It's it's timeless type stuff. And how many kick ass bands have covered that one over the years? Oh, I don't know. Man, there's a lot. been a lot. Yeah, but man. yeah, I humble pie just and that's a band that I didn't get in, on board with until much later, um, probably about ten years ago. Really? And, yeah. When I would read a lot more in you know in depth Kiss interviews, Kiss has turned me on to so many other bands. Yeah, sure. And totally. Paul, Paul Stanley would go on and on about how like if you know if you wanted to see rock perfection in the early seventies, Steve Marriott was it. Right, because I think you know humble pie kind of gets a bad rap because people think Peter Frampton. Yeah, and they think about this kind of stuff Peter Frampton did, and maybe they don't like that, so they assume that you know Humble Pie is going to be about that same vein. Yeah. But Humble Pie is a lot more like Kiss, sure, than they than they are like Peter Frampton's well, solo stuff. Marriott just was could be ferocious in his vocals, like the vocals on you know, and I I could have easily played I Don't Need No Doctor because it's right. such a well known song. Sure, it's but a I wanted to song. play something a little off the beaten path. But man, I like that. his vocals on that song are just ferocious, and then. You know, if tying it to Kiss today, um, I'm a, I'm honestly a fan of the Monster album that came out a few years ago. I am too, but a lot of them songs on there do remind me of Humble Pie tunes. Yeah, the uh, the beginning of Eat Your Heart Out is a total totally. take on Thirty Days in the Hole. Yeah, totally. And also the song Shout Mercy has a very I don't need yeah. no doctor feel to it. You could totally hear the Steve Marriott influence on that song. But again, you know that was Kiss going back to their roots. You know, and, yeah. And if that's what you're going to do, those guys are going to look at what influenced us. It was yeah. Humble Pie. And there, I, there you go. I view that album as a as a love letter to their influence. Because I think that's what it is. Totally. So that's my first pick. What do you got now? Nice. All right. I got one. This is a band that started, you know, it just started as a fun jam band at the Viper Room in Los Angeles. They released their self-titled debut in 1996. It's their one and only release. But if you're talking about super groups... Man, I gotta include the Neurotic Outsiders. You get a member of Guns. Uh, well, you get technically two members of Guns N' Roses, a member of the Sex Pistols, and a member of... Duran Duran. Yeah. Here we go again. That band just... One of these things is not like the other. (laughs) But it all comes together pretty good. I'm talking about Duff McKagan and uh, Steve Jones. Those guys are playing guitar. John Taylor from Duran Duran's on bass. Matt Sorum's on drums. And everybody's singing. Man, it's a great album. If you get a chance to check it out, hop on Amazon through the Decibel Geek link and get yourself a piece of the Neurotic Outsiders from 1996. Here's a tune. It's a good one. Oh, yeah, it's good news.
You know, it's kind of a shame that that band only, you know, had that one album. I don't know. I'm starting to think we got to do a heavier side of Duran Duran. The heavier side. <laughs> I don't think there is a heavier side of Duran Duran. There's not. I was that's, totally being, that's being the, sarcastic. Yeah, that's the Andy Taylor solo album. Yes, I think. Yeah, that's, that's as close. <laughs> you just play 10 songs from that. Neurotic <laughs> uh, Outsiders is cool, though. That's pretty I, cool. I remember you when know, it came out. You, you don't think about like John Taylor being able to you know be in a rock band he's a good like bass that. Player, and he, but he's a fantastic bass player, good singer. You know, Steve Jones sings some stuff on there. Mm-hmm. And everybody that's ever listened to, if you haven't gone back in the archives, anybody that's been with us since the beginning knows I love me some Duff McKagan. No. Yeah, dude. That dude's <laughs> awesome. Remember way back when we did our ba- best bass players show? Yeah. Like way, way, way back. The top five bass players that became top six because I lost count. <laughs> I picked too many bands, took too many bass players. That's right. Yeah. We've come so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, a long time ago, wasn't it? Um, okay, so mine. Uh, that's a good, good, good way to. Ugh, that's a good way to start your list. I like it. Okay, so my next one, and I. This is one of those things where you've brought up Duff McKagan numerous times. Here's a band I've played a few times on the show, and I've brought them up a number of times. I couldn't do a supergroup episode without bringing up Blue Murder. Oh, they're awesome. This is um, one of my favorite bands, and this is one of my favorite albums, especially John the Sykes. Age. Man, yeah, John Sykes. You know, if you don't know. Was in Tigers of Pantang, Thin Lizzy, White Snake. Yeah, an incredible guitar player, an incredible Amazing. songwriter. Um, also, you know, there's an interesting story with them. Uh, you know, and then the known members of Tony Franklin, who was in the firm and also played with Jimmy, Jimmy Page, and then Carmine Apice, a piece, however you want to pronounce it. Great How, drummer. However he tells you to pronounce yeah. it, you'll pronounce it. Known for Vanilla Fudge, Cactus, Ozzy, King Cobra. And just kicking ass and killing drumheads. Especially King Cobra, because of the Iron Eagle soundtrack. <laughs> of course. We have course. the vinyl album hanging over it's my right shoulder here. It's right there. Thank you, Metal Mike. Um, the interesting story about this band, though, is that wasn't really that lineup initially. In the early day stages of the, of the band, drummer Cozy Powell with whom Sykes had played with Whitesnake, was yeah. attached to the project. Really? And Ray Gillen was also, had, had previously sung for Black Sabbath and later for Badlands. Um, he was also in an early version of this band. And reportedly the band had recorded some demos with Ray Gillen. Really? That'd so be interesting Ray Gillen sang for everybody, everybody in the mid to late 80s. I'm starting to be convinced. But John Sykes ends up singing it all himself, right? right? Yeah, because he compares... Upon comparing the original demos with Sykes singing to the demos with Gillen singing, uh, A&R executive John Kalodner, who a lot of rock fans know who he is, he oh, yeah. resurrected a lot of careers, um, he encouraged John Sykes to just go ahead and do the vocals himself because he liked them better. I'm glad he did. I yeah, am he's too. Right. I love Ray Gillen, but John Sykes has a certain vocal stamp that he puts on this album. You sound too much like that version of Black Sabbath that Chris Sinzak hates. <laughs> I don't hate that version. <laughs> no, I hate the Born Again version. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that is the born again version, is it? No, with Ray Gillen. No, he was the eternal idol version. Oh, I'm thinking of Tony Ian, Martin. Ian Gillen. Yeah. Okay. I don't hate the Tony Martin. You're thinking of Ian Gillen. But who, who is this? Ray Gillen. Oh, Ray Gillen. He was Badlands. the guy that was in Badlands. Right. Okay. All right. But also sang for Sabbath during eternal idol. Okay. All right. See, cool. all these people work together. Yeah. The Gillen. It's, yeah. it's all confusing to me. I can't figure it out anymore. Pick your Gillen. <laughs> <laughs> So, Blue Murder comes out in 1989, self-titled album, and man, I mean, to pick one song off of this is damn near impossible, but I picked this one. It's got a funny name. It's a great song. This is Blue Murder with Jelly Roll. 
Great song. Love it, man. That's freaking awesome. 
Yeah. I, got, I had to pick Blue Murder. That was like the first one that came into my mind when we decided to do this. Really? Yeah. Nice. I had to pick them. I always remember I had their second album, the one with the kid holding the cat yeah. up in the air. And for some reason over the years, I lost it and I wanted to replace it. Yeah. And now I go Hard on Amazon.com through the Decibel Geek of link, of course. And it's freaking expensive. Yeah, it's hard. To, it's not. Not. I think it's been out of. I had it for when it was time. new, and I oh, lost man. it somewhere. It was a good album. It's like the the Hard Rock equivalent to the Mickey Mantle rookie card. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. No, maybe but, not. You know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So I'm up next. Um, I got one here. It's, it's kind of funny, you know. It's it's basically. I don't know if this here we're playing fast and loose again. Supergroup. Yeah, I'd say so because you you got the lead vocalist from Ugly Kid Joe, Whitfield Crane, and then you get, and then you got yeah, you know Whitfield Crane, Crane, you know all about him. Ugly Kid Joe, that's right. Not familiar with on that this name. show. Yeah, talking about Ugly <laughs> Kid Joe, who knew? Um, and then you've got the guitarist, the bass player from Godsmack, and then you got Lee Richards on guitar. Have you heard any of that new stuff, the Whitfield Crane, Lee Richards stuff? I heard one song they did a video for, and That's I liked it. pretty cool. I liked it, too. And, of course, Shannon Larkin on drums from yeah. Ugly Kid Joe, Godsmack, and Amen. This was, the story with this is that the guys from Godsmack had put together all these songs and presented them to the mighty Sully Erna. Ugh. And Sully Erna said, I grow weary of this. Uh, I grow weary of this. I need a break. I'm tired well, out. Five foot two of them. I'm just I'm I'm past all this. I don't I, I, want this. None of these lyrics say get away or go away. Right. So then <laughs> the band's like, you know, what are we gonna do? We got all these songs that don't say get away, go away, stay away. Stay away. Everything's yeah. away. Yeah, you see. So what are we gonna do? So they get Whitfield Crane, formerly from Ugly Kid Joe, and they put out one album. Yep. And it's just all these songs that could have been awesome Godsmack songs if Godsmack were awesome. Yep. So here you go. <laughs> yep. My my favorite Godsmack album. It's another animal from 2007. And this is a tune called Amends. Exactly. 
like that i like it better than god's man i do too man <laughs> you know that's just you know the power ugly kid joe or something I, uh, I don't know i stirred up a few folks on facebook this week talking about god's mac yeah i saw that. that i saw that that's why i was kind of egging that out learn to take a joke people <laughs> for those that didn't that aren't friends with me on facebook and didn't see they were playing nashville and i had a few friends that were all excited to go see them with lots of exclamation points and yeah everything. so i decided to be a smart ass and i put Godsmack's playing Nashville tonight. I can't wait to miss it. Right. And it pissed off a few people. I don't hate Godsmack. I you do. know, I don't hate Godsmack. I no, think I they've don't. got some great tunes. You know, a lot of their stuff, you know, it's funny joke, you know, with the, yeah. it all does sound, kind of sound similar. But, you know, this album, yeah. this uh, Another Animal album, you know, if you give it a chance, check it out. It's, it's pretty well, damn cool. It takes on a different vibe with someone else singing it. Right. Sully is so identifiable with Godsmack. You know, you're not. If you hear him singing, you're gonna think it's Godsmack. He's an angry dude. Yeah, he, he is. But I, no, I don't despise Godsmack. I mostly posted it for laughs. Yeah, I just wish people, more people would laugh instead of getting <laughs> offended by it. Don't mess with the Godsmack. Sully's gonna come after me. Um, you ain't no Nikki Six. He ain't coming after you. Oh boy, he ain't writing no songs about you or nothing. I would be honored. <laughs> okay go away decibel geek yeah just mention decibel geek that's all i care about um okay so one more and then we gotta go to break and then we're gonna talk about something cool okay um all right this is uh and here's another one one of the first ones that came to mind and i was like well do i really play it because was this was this really technically a super group that was, that was a real band well it was totally a super group well, it was a super group especially because there was a tv show about them but, yes but Technically, the song I'm going to play is all they ever did together. I mean, the show originally. was called Supergroup, right? Yeah. VH1 so put out totally. a show, a reality show, reality in quote. I'm doing air quotes. Um, called Supergroup, right? And it was awesome. I was so excited when I heard about it. And the band included Sebastian Bach on vocals, yes. Ted Nugent on guitar, yes. Jason Bonham on drums, oh yeah. Evan Seinfeld on bass from Biohazard, okay. And Scott Ian on other guitar. Awesome. It's a great how, combination. How can that go wrong? How can that go wrong? 
Oh, God. Well, let's talk to the guys from Rockstar Supernova. <laughs> They'll tell oh, you. God. Yeah, but this band didn't have Lucas, so it was oh, doing yeah. better so than that. So that's better. Yeah, it's always better. But it had Sebastian drinking a lot of wine, which is not a good combination. Um, Wrestling with people. And... I will say this. As, as train wrecky as it was, it was, a, it was a ball to watch. It was fun. Yeah, and especially Sebastian. I wanted an album. I just wanted an album. That's all I wanted from that. My favorite part of the show, which is a lot of people's favorite part of the show, is that they're struggling to find a band name, and they're trying so hard to come up with a band name. And like some of the ones that were rejected, one was Fist, which, right. which Sebastian thought of. I thought that was great. He's like, five things coming together as one. I like that. You know? I mean, it made sense it's to good me. And, it's good in uh, theory. But not as good and as... And then Jason Bottom, wait, and then Jason Bottom gets back, and he sees the name, and he's like, well, I'm certainly not going to be in a band called Fist. He's like, <laughs> that gives the total wrong kind Connotation, and um, so which I thought that was funny. And then, like at one point, Doc McGo- Doc McGee, Doc McGee, who was the acting manager of this show, right. says, "Why don't you call it No? Because that's all you guys ever say to anybody <laughs> is No. No, <laughs> which I thought was funny. That is funny. And then Sebastian came up with the greatest band name of all time. He's riding in the car and he and it hits him one night and he goes, "Savage Animal." That's going to be the band name. It just rolls it off the rolls tongue. It rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it almost sounds like one word, Savage Animal. This band will always be Savage Animal to me. Yeah, I, I wish, always think I Savage wish Animal. we could have got a Savage Animal album. Somebody really should create a band and call it Savage Animal just for that reason. It would have to have Sebastian yeah, Bach lead vocals. But I remember everyone's reaction was like, I'm not going to fucking be <laughs> a band called Savage Animal. That's stupid. <laughs> so was it Ted that finally came up with the no, name? No, it, well, it was actually kind of Scott and Sebastian. Because... It was well. They were sitting around a meeting, having a meeting at the breakfast table, trying to figure out a name because they were they were just up to their ears with it. And I think uh, Scott Ian says something like, "This is a goddamn democracy. Why don't we, whatever?" Yeah. And Sebastian, and like a little light bulb went off over See? Sebastian. Goes, oh, "What do we call it? Democracy." Sebastian Bach is a freaking genius. No, and he wants to be. <laughs> but, <laughs> I think uh, he is. Depends on what we're talking. Those are about. all great names. So um, that became the the name of the band, and they did a live show at I think it was a House of Blues in Vegas, and they played a lot of cool covers. My favorite being Sin City by ACDC. That yeah. was a cool cover. Especially hearing Ted Nugent play the lead to Sin City. Ted Nugent Wales. I don't great. care what band I don't give in. a damn of what his political beliefs are. He's a great guitarist. Um, but yeah, it was a fun show to watch. And I, had, I like you, had hopes that you know maybe they'll actually come through and record something. An album. Because it would have been interesting was, to That's hear. what it was all about for me. It was like, how can this band not put on an album? Right. There, there's so many great parts here. You yeah. know? Even the dude from Bio, Biohazard. Why not? He had you good know? ideas. Yeah. And you know? um, he was a part of the song I'm about to play here before we go into break. And this is all we got was this one tune, original, as far as original so material. But it's a pretty good tune. And yes, it is demo quality, so forgive that. We're going to go into break with Democracy from 2008 with Take It Back.
Deep Thoughts with Sebastian Bach. And like if you worked at Pizza Hut and you got fired, would you be knocking on the door of Pizza Hut, please let me back in? No, you'd be no. like, fuck Pizza Hut! Want to be a member of the Decibel Geek Army? You slimy scumbag, get on your face and give me 25. Join us on our fan page at facebook.com slash decibelgeek. Hi, this is Lemmy's liver. Man, am I exhausted. You're listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. So, of course, you know, we're always so very, very grateful to our sponsor. You know, our main sponsor, our only sponsor, Amazon.com. And what do you get at Amazon.com? Any damn thing you can imagine is on the Amazon.com. But if you're going to do some shopping, any online shopping, and you go through Amazon, you want to go through DecibelGeek.com. You go to DecibelGeek.com. Right there at the top of the page, you're going to see the banner. The banner. It's right there. You can't miss it. Open your eyes. There it is. Click on that. And when it's going to take you to Amazon. And whatever you buy, it's going to cost the same as what you see but amazon is so cool to us they love the decibel geek podcast so much they're going to kick a little bit back to the show because you know we know you're at work or you're on your way to work or whatever you're doing you know we're working here too we we take time out of our our busy schedules we're working men ourselves you know we always make sure you've got the decibel geek podcast and we always make sure you've got it for free because that's what rock and roll is all about. It's not like paying for it. You got to earn it. You don't got to earn it. It's there for everybody. And that's what it's all about. So if you're going to do any online shopping, that's the way to do it. Yeah. And, you know, with Amazon, you know, when I talked to, I teased this last week, um, we thought we, you know, we acknowledged the iTunes review. Why don't we acknowledge some of the stuff you guys are buying through our Amazon link? Yeah. I've been itching to find this out. So, you know, I don't get a list of who buys what. I've got a little static in my mic. Okay, I don't get a list of who buys what, but I do get a list of what's bought. Right. So I don't know who bought what. I don't know who bought the Vanessa Cruz number 117 episode of The Blacklist. <laughs> we can't call you out. I hope you enjoyed it. James Spader is pretty cool. Um, we appreciate also, um, it either way. So other things that were bought, uh, somebody bought the Foo Fighters Sonic Highways Blu-ray. That's cool. I still haven't seen any of the Sonic Highways. Have you seen them yet? No, I haven't either. I, I don't have HBO. I don't either. And I, I was like, I know Paul Stanley's on, I think, the L.A. one. Or really? The New, or the New York one. I don't well, wanna, cool. He's on one of those. Well, man, I got to check that out. Uh, See, too bad we don't know who bought it we could borrow it from them. yeah we should <laughs> um somebody bought kiss and makeup gene simmons book on kindle ebook right on it's a um, good book someone bought a cuisinart thermal 12 cup programmable coffee maker black nice tommy thayer black, um like metal i didn't say that um also uh some coffee some mp mp3 downloads black Tor- black torah this band called black torah a couple of albums were bought by them one self-titled one called raise your fists and I, I saw this link, and I'm like, I've never heard of this band. And then I, was, I started checking them out. I'm like, they're really good. Black Torah? Black Torah. Nice. I'll check that out, too. They're like the um, African-American version of Torah Torah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but no, they're really good. They've got an old-school vibe. And, uh, and, you know, and our, our awesome writer, Rich Dillon, was, called me out. And like, I was like, how did this band fall under our radar? He's like, they haven't. I've written about them on my M3 preview. And I'm like, of oh. Of course he I'm has. I'm like, I suck. 
So of um, course he has. So sorry, Rich. I, there's, I apologize. There's nothing in rock and roll going on out there in the world right now that's yeah. new that you cannot find about at decibelgeek.com because the Meister yeah. and everybody else is on the case. Nothing, you should know that. Nothing gets by the Meister. Nothing. And also a band called Sleep. Um, well, the song called Dope Smoker. Huh. So I've never heard of that. Well, Sounds check interesting. Um, Sounds like something I might like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Check out the 420 episode. Um, a uh, 32-gig Slim MP3 MP4 player was bought. Nice. Get also, on iTunes um, with that, right? Yeah, some other music that was bought. This is just some of the stuff. A Farewell to Kings by Rush was purchased. Oh, right on. The That's Mo- great. The Motley Crue self-titled John Carabbi album. Very cool. Hopefully we See, influenced that decision. We're doing our part. Um, the uh, new Scorpions album, Return to Forever. We've, That's a great one. I really, re- I really, really dig that. I, know I haven't had a chance to say it, but I've listened to it. I love it. Also, Samantha 7 was purchased. Oh, nice. Right now, we were just talking go. about that. See, we're doing our part. Podcasting sells music, folks. There you go. Um, also, the Van Halen Tokyo Dome concert. Moving on. Um, <laughs> and it ain't I'll, that uh, bad. It's okay. Dave. Oh, Dave. Um, I love Dave. And I don't I'll, care what he does. And I love Dave. A CD called Why We Fight by a band called Gatsby's American Dream. I haven't checked them out yet. Huh. If, it, if it's bought through the Decibel Geek Hopefully link, it's, it's got to be good. we got to check these out. And then and Toys and Games, the Nerf Mega Thunderbow Blaster was bought. Holy shit. This that thing looks, looks like, intimidating. Yeah, it looks like something like Daryl from The Walking Dead would be carrying around. That thing's badass. I want one of those. I bet Billy Hardaway bought that. <laughs> I don't know. He's a preparing for the apocalypse. Maybe. But yeah, those are a few of the things. So go on Amazon and, uh, and buy something through our link. And uh, maybe we'll read it off on the show. That's some cool stuff. Yeah, that was just for this quarter. So, yeah, there's, there's more there, but that's uh, a few of the things. So we got to get back to music. We've uh, shilled enough for the man. Yeah, you're right. So it's time to get back to the super groups. And, man, I've got a good one to bring us right back into it. This was a one we've got. You know, this, this is the power of Decibel Geek. I would have probably maybe never known about this, but they sent it to us. It was so good. This one came out in 2010, and I'm talking about a band called Hard Road. You want to talk supergroups? I want to talk Canadian supergroups. Because in this band, you got Morgan Evans on drums, and he played for a super underrated band called Juliet. And he's also known for being in a band called Saints and Sinners and a bunch of other stuff. You got uh, Rick Lazaroff on bass. He's known for playing with the metal queen, Lee Aaron. Nice. I like that bitch all that good stuff i like her um earl johnson plays lead guitar he's from moxie i have moxie's good canadian awesomeness and on lead vocals you got russ graham you ever heard of russ graham yes he was yeah. he was aaron and i's first interview on the show so cool man love that dude yeah you know we're talking about russ, russ dwarf. dwarf yeah on lead vocals of course from the killer dwarfs you know this was an album that you know it's 2010 when it came out. It's it's a Canadian supergroup. It's it's classic rock, man. It's so good in its purest form. If you're into bands like Great White or maybe Tesla or Rush or the Killer Dwarfs even, you know, you're going to dig this. But it's not Killer Dwarfs. It's something totally different. But I think this is an album, and we encourage you to go to Amazon and look up these bands, but this is one. This is Aaron, Aaron Camaro approved and tested. You're going to love it. So here's a little taste for you, and then go get the rest of the album. It's Hard Road from their 2010 release, Miles, and a song called Tempted.
Russ Graham. Russ Graham. That freaking rocks, man. It's so strange calling him Russ Graham. It is weird, isn't it? <laughs> It'll always be Russ Dwarf to us. Totally. Um, yeah, I, I like the, the the hard road stuff. I remember when he sent it to us and was very, very impressed by it. Really impressed by it. I love it. I think that's just probably the sa- I know at least the second time we've played that band on the show. Yeah, and, you know, the uh, and also Moxie, you know, and I remember, you know, Mitch had told us about them and. I was like, I didn't really know anything about Moxie, and then I started reading up on it. Like, they're very well-known in Canada. Yeah. Like, they're a legendary band. We can always count on the Meister and the Gator to up us on Canadian rock. You know, they let us know. They smarten us up. And there's a lot of you that listen in Canada, so, you know, tip of the hat to you guys with that. A Canadian super Heck yeah, we love you. So, okay, so I'm next. Yeah, I've been wondering about this ever since (laughs) I saw our list put together. I I don't even know what's going on here with this. This is the strangest thing I've probably ever picked on the show. Okay. But it's really cool. All right. So, so, I mean, by looking at the name of what you've got laid out in front of me, (laughs) this does not seem like it will fit on the Decibel Geek podcast or be cool. Oh, it's rocking. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. All All right. right. This is a band called Animetal USA. That's what I'm saying. That doesn't sound cool at all. Why does it sound cool? Animetal USA. Well, and it kind of is what you think it is. It's um, they're a Japanese-based American heavy metal band. I know that's a strange thing to say. That's strange. They were formed as a tribute to God. <laughs> these names as a tribute to Izo Sakamoto's band and a metal. So it's an, a Japanese band. Okay. All right. The album consists of a series of English language covers of theme songs of popular anime shows. So Japanese anime right. is a big deal. Right, like sure. huge. Totally. makes millions of dollars every year. Right, yeah. No, that stuff's pretty cool, some of it so that you, I've seen. I know you're thinking, how is this a super group? How, you know, who the hell is going to play in this band? Right, this is all insane to me. So here's who's in this band. Mike Vissera is the singer. Mike Vissera, you may not know the name of it itself, lives here in Nashville, um, is known for being an obsession, loudness, Ingve Malmsteen, also, some uh, lesser-known bands called Dr. Sen, Killing Machine, Joe Stump's Reign of Terror, hmm. um, but was with Ingve for a while. Yeah, it's I was going to say, Ingve's super and enough Obsession for me. Ha- has done pretty well, too. Chris Impelitary is in this band, from Impelitary. Okay. Rudy Sarzo is in this band. Everybody knows Rudy Sarzo. From Ozzy, Quiet Riot, yeah, Whitesnake, just, just having Dio. Just having Rudy in your band makes you right. a super group. Scott Travis is the drummer. Oh, nice. From Racer X, Saints and Sinners, Judas Priest, Fight. Hell yeah. Great drummer. So you've got some serious heavy hitters in this band. That's a super group. The thing is, these guys play metal covers of Japanese anime theme songs, and they wear makeup, like Kiss, like Kabuki makeup. All right. They have a cool look, and... I'm now, sorry. All, all of a sudden, now, I, now my, you're my whole perspective has changed on this. Now I want to hear this. But here's the title of what I'm going to play, and this is why I think it through Aaron. This is the Animetal USA covering Dragon Ball Z, Chala Head Chala, and We Got a Power. See, that messed me up. Here it is.
Okay, what's the verdict? Wow. <laughs> I love it and I hate it at, at the, the same, same time. time. Yes. <laughs> love it and hate it. Not for everybody. The guitar playing is awesome. The drumming is killer. It's it's weird, but it's awesome. Well, I mean, you can tell it's a Japanese anime theme song. Yeah, totally, I guess. But it fucking thrashes. It does thrash. <laughs> it's, it's almost got like that European power metal yeah, thing to it Yeah, I think it that's almost, what I like the know? most about it. The guitar it. player is just freaking stellar, and the drums, too. I love it. But yeah, like it was, I meant... But I also um, hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we'll have to differ on that. But uh, yeah, you're not going to hear that on anybody else's supergroup show, I don't think. Uh, um, probably not. But yeah, it was that's interesting. pretty cool, though. I saw um, Jeff Tate's Queensryche about a year ago with Billy Hardaway. Vestreich. Um, Vestreich or Mr. Cleansreich or however you <laughs> want to put it. Um, and uh, while we were in line waiting to get in, this guy with long black hair is in front of us. And then, of course, Billy, who knows everything about everybody, is like, holy shit, that's Mike Vicera. And I'm going... From Animetal USA. Yeah, and I'm like... <laughs> well, and of course, I'm like, who's Mike Vicera? And he's like, I was in Animetal and he was in he was Yngwie singer and Obsession and all these bands and and I'm like, oh. And he's like, you didn't know he was with Ingve? And I'm like, Billy, I know a lot about certain bands, but there's things I don't know shit about. Right. I mean, what, Unlike what Billy Hardaway. I'm not Billy Hardaway. You're Billy Hardaway. Who knows Hardaway. everything about everybody. It's your job. And then he introduced me to Michael and his lovely wife, and they were both really nice, and we actually sat at a table with them for a while. Billy really does get mentioned on every episode. He does. <laughs> that guy should start his own show. But, you know, I, you know then it, it made sense later that um, Mike was was visiting that show because um, Rudy Sarzo was playing with Queensryche. Totally. So he was visiting his Animetal bandmate. That's awesome. So yeah, that's kind of another reason I played it. I, I love to tell Rudy that story Sarzo. Yeah, oh, and super nice guy. I got to meet him after the show and yeah. couldn't be any more humble. He, and, oh, yeah. Yeah, hopefully we'll get him on the show soon. I would love to have Rudy on the show. Quite a history. Everybody would love it if we could get Rudy on the Decibel well, Geek Podcast. I need podcast. to get in touch with Rudy and, and we'll make that happen. Rudy. 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 <laughs> All right, right, so I guess I'm up next. next. I got one for you. This is pretty cool. This is a super group for sure. You got Josh Homme from the uh, Queens of the Stone Age and, of course, Caius on guitar and lead vocals. Dave Grohl. Who's that? We've talked about that guy just a little bit earlier. He's never in the media, ever. Never. He never makes speeches for anybody. If you haven't heard of Dave Grohl, he's a drummer and he sings and he's been in Foo Fighters and a little band called Nirvana. And then to round off, if that ain't super enough, yeah. if if those two guys aren't super base, enough for hack you, bassist, right. you got to get a bass player. You know, <laughs> I mean, those guys are pretty super on their own. But if you really want to make a super group, you got to get somebody on bass that knows what the hell they're doing. You know, somebody that can play bass, do a little singing, play some keyboards, maybe some clavinet, throwing some mandolin, maybe some piano, maybe some optagon. Gene I Simmons. I don't even know what the hell an optagon is, but either. this guy knows how to play it, and I'm talking about John Paul Jones. That yeah, guy. that John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. And these three superpowers combine themselves to become them crooked vultures. And in 2009, they re- released their self-titled debut. They're one and only, but man, this album's good good from beginning to finish and here's a little taste for you from that album this one's called no one loves me and neither do i
Super. That's a definite super group. Super. That album's so good. So yeah. good. And John Paul Jones, man. The true underrated star of Zeppelin. What the hell is an Optigan? I don't know. I have no idea either. Sounds he, like a geometric he, shape. He knows what it is and knows how to play it. And probably better than anybody else I've, ever. I've mentioned this before, but I mean all of Led Zeppelin's catalog you'll you'll get to hear the genius of John Paul Jones. But if you want my prime example of it, Listen to the bass line and ramble on. Oh, man. Fantastic. The bass line makes that entire song. Because everybody in Zeppelin, you know, they, they always talk about, you know, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant. And, and those John guys Bonham. and those guys are yeah. awesome. And John Bonham's probably one of the greatest drummers ever. Yeah. You know, and you're right. John Paul Jones kind of gets mic- lost in the mix Incredible of that. But musician. he really is the He's the, the heart. glue. Yeah. He's the heart and soul of Led Zeppelin. But, yeah. Pay if attention you, to the bass line. If you deny that... You're wrong. Oh, he's an, you're he's, wrong. I, I don't care how many blues musicians Zeppelin ripped off. John Paul Jones is amazing. Totally. So okay, so that's we got Dave Grohl in. We're being like super <laughs> hip now. <laughs> We're hip and on the scene. We went from Japanese anime to Dave Grohl. Hey, because the people are buying you know the stuff on Amazon. Yeah, so we got to stay current. So I guess we're to my last pick of the show. This is a super group that really never even played together live. Really? Never? Not even once? Not the full... I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they didn't They didn't actually do... Because yeah, this was like yeah. a contrived kind of like a monkeys kind of totally. thing, Because when they toured, a couple of members weren't able to participate. Okay. All right. I mean, I don't have all the notes in front of me. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wing it. Okay. But um, Contraband was a band that was put together in 1991, and they did one album together. It was released May 6, 1991. And this man had quite a few heavy hitters. Yeah, totally. The, the least known member was the singer, Richard Black. But those of you that are real decibel geeks know he was the singer for Shark Island. That's right. And there would not be an Axl Rose if there was not a Shark Island. Shark Island is way underrated. Very underrated band. They never. They should have got their shine back in the day when, the, when that kind of music was big. They. Yeah. I don't understand how that band flew I don't under either. the radar. They had a ballad that should have been a top ten hit called Bad for Each Other. Perfect. And they, and they did a cover of a Fleetwood Mac song, The Chain, that is yeah, off excellent. the chain. But yeah, the original stuff was great, too. And then they, you know, that was a, a well, that was one of those bands that should have been huge. Um, this was his chance. Yeah. Um, a certain German guitar player was in this band. Um, you want to give the name? I believe it's pronounced Schenker. Yes, Michael, Michael Schenker. Schenker. So, save your fucking emails. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't have to. Yeah. Also, Tracy Guns was the guitar guitar I still player. Get, I still get messages from people. <laughs> and I was like, damn, what are you on, episode 52? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned, all right? I've come yeah. a long yeah, way. Yeah, he has. He's got it right now, guys. Give him a break. Um, on bass was Cher Peterson from Vixen. I'm still strong on the Moussain, though. <laughs> <laughs> we have to get Dave on to clear that up. Uh, clear up that confusion. Totally. Well, actually, he called in the, a couple of weeks ago. That's right. right. He did yeah, clear it he up. Cleared it completely up. Um, <laughs> and then on drums is Bobby Blotzer, so, uh, who's bringing you the rat experience. The rat experience. Yes. Um, but yeah, Bobby con- Blotzer and friend. Contraband. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty good lineup. 1991, those are all pretty well-known names. But wasn't Tracy Guns involved in that, too? Yeah, I mentioned him. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Right, right over your head. We really sidetracked there for a second. Yeah, we did. But that's awesome. I mean, how can you go wrong? You got Tracy Guns and Michael Schenker in the same, same band. Same band. How can you a go wrong? A lot of guitar talent. 
and um, the dude from Shark Island. And Shark Island. And Cher from Cher Vixen. From Vixen. awesome. Bobby Blotzer. Yeah. Bobby Blotzer even, you know? So it's... So um, did Bobby Blotzer bring the band down? I mean, how... Well, you, all this and Bobby Blotzer. From what I gathered, I saw an interview with Richard Black after this happened, and he called it a complete debacle, and he said it was basically... I think it's just like kind of a publicity stunt. Yeah. Like, let's get all these guys from well-known bands together, and all of their audiences will buy this album. Well, it doesn't work I mean, that way. You, you would think so. They the only they had a quote-unquote hit with a cover of All the Way from Memphis. Yeah. Of Mott the Hoople, too. Right. Which was pretty cool. Oh, it's a cool cover. And there was a video for it. Yes. I remember that. This entire album is is a good album. Um, but it just but Richard Black also went on to say, you know, they, they organized a tour, and I think the tour was going to be contraband... It's so complicated because I don't know if Contraband was supposed to headline or open. But anyway, Contraband was on the bill with, I think it was with Rat and with L.A. Guns or something like that. And it got to the point to where something like, he felt like the Contraband part of the show was being sabotaged. Yeah. Like the other guys were using Contraband to just promote their personal bands. And was like, of course they're not going to put their heart into right, contraband because they, they want to just been assembled to do this. Yeah, you know? they so looked at it as a cash grab. Their, yeah. he left Shark Island to do this. He put his heart and soul into it. The rest of them just looked at it as a project. That sucks. And it pissed him off. And he right, was just kind of like, as soon as it's over, they're going back yeah, to L.A. Guns he, and, and Scorpions, and UFO, right. you know, whatever, you know, and all that. The way he viewed it was, everyone else half-assed it, and he gave his all. Yeah, and he got fucked. Yeah, he did. Because his career really went to shit after this. Yeah, because he, if he would have turned this down and stuck it out with Shark they Island, might have there's blown no up. telling, you know? you know? They could have been the next Saigon kick. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You're telling me they had the ballads to back it up. They had a great ballad called Bad for Each Other that was yeah. really cool. But uh, this is Contraband from that album from 1991, and this is what we have left from it. And this is a this is a cliched title, but a, a fun song nonetheless. Loud Guitars, Fast Cars, and Wild Wild Living.
man, I like that, you know? And it's funny that you tell the story like that with, you know, if you're on tour and the band has Michael Schenker and Tracy Guns in it, of course they're headlining. Who else I, would headline? I don't know. Who else could headline above a band that's got those two egos in it, right? This is one of those where the... Like the sum of its parts are not greater than or whatever. It's too bad. It makes me feel bad for the dude from Shark Island because who knows what could have been. But you know, it's it's not a bad album. It's a good rock and roll album. Yeah, it's that's a, fun. It's you know, it fit in with the times. It was slickly produced and you know had good covers on it. But that song, you know, it's a cliched song, but it that's what that's what so, rock and roll was about at the yeah, time. It's words to live by, right? Yeah. So I guess we're in the final stretch here. We've only got one more song left to go. We've had fun today picking out some great super groups. And, you know, we say it all, all the time when we do these special episodes where we just kind of pick a subject and have some fun and play some tunes that we could revisit this again and again and again, I think. Oh, because we're going to get plenty of comments on why the fuck didn't you play so-and-so and so-and-so. Hey, you know what? Let we, us know who you We think. welcome that. And you know where we welcome it? We welcome it on the Facebook page. So if you haven't liked Decibel Geek, facebook page you know i don't know what you're waiting for you know it strikes me as funny that like we were trying to climb to 2000 you know and it, we like it seemed like it took forever just it to did. get over that hump you know and <laughs> it's that moment of when you you realize you're really close but you're not quite there yet and it's almost there and it's like every day there's like one or two more likes you know and it's like oh man we're so close and then all of a sudden it's like 2000 and it's like bam 39 more you yeah, know? that's fantastic. I yeah, love that. Quite and a little spike. That's where the conversation's happening at. You know, you want to get in and talk to us. You want to talk to our writers. You want to get in on things. That's the place to do it. Become a part of the community. That's where it's at. Facebook.com slash Geek. Of course, as always, you go to DecibelGeek.com. That's where you're going to yep. find our Amazon banner. You click on that. That's going to take you to Amazon. All your sweet deals on rock and roll albums and anything else you want to buy is right there. And you're going to help us out by going through the link. Make sure you do that. While you're at decibelgeek.com, hell, get yourself a t-shirt. There's t-shirts for sale. You want people to think you're cool? You wear a Decibel Geek t-shirt? There's no doubt you are cool. Plus, you got all those awesome articles written by our amazing writers from all over the freaking planet, including Canada. Also, while we're on the air, okay, on the internet air, <laughs> We're on the internet. Um, we are looking for new writers. We have a great staff, but we're wanting to bring more people on with the new website so we can have more material. Right, and that's the thing, because we do have people planted all over the whole yes. entire planet. And, you know, if you're wherever you are and you aspire to be a writer, you know, maybe you got a day job, but in your heart, you're a rock and roll journalist. It's a lot of fun. Where better? To, do, to re release your artistic integrity in rock and roll through a kick-ass article than decibelgeek.com. We implore you to join our team. If yep. you love rock and roll and you love to write about it, you want to report about it, you want a, you know, a, a good way to sneak yourself backstage and interview your favorite rock stars, this is the way to do it. You just get a hold of us yep. at the website. You can be a Decibel Geek writer. Don't, yeah, the, the, there are privileges to, to being a member of the team. Totally. So if you want to be a writer, just email us at feedback feedback at decibelgeek.com and one of us will get back in touch with you and we'll get you on board we would love it you know the more the merrier that's what it's all about you Absolutely. know some people got time to write a whole bunch of articles some people got time to write one every once in a while so the more the merrier we'd love to have you on board yep. so if that's your aspiration and that's something you're into let us know that's the way to do it absolutely anything else i think uh we're good okay well let's rock and roll on out of here we're talking about super groups today and this is one you know this was kind of funny i thought about it when we were putting together this list but you know if you're talking about like sheer numbers of members of the group 
Mm-hmm. You have to talk about 2008 Guns N' Roses. Uh-huh. Because, you know, even if you think about Guns N' Roses before that, you talk about the original members. That was even kind of a super group because those guys all came from something. They did? Well, yeah. I mean, they were all in bands before Guns yeah. N' Roses. I'm sure that stuff was all very viable in know, L.A. Did you know Slash tried out for Boysen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I totally knew that. Yeah. It wouldn't have been as good a fit as C.C. DeVille. That would have been strange. <laughs> it might have been cool, but it would have been strange. But yeah, 2000s Guns N' Roses had a, uh, a quite a few members. Well, I mean, of course you got W. Axl Rose. Well, he don't call himself anymore that, you know, that, that I mean, what, whatever happened to the W.? W is kind of a four-letter word now after a certain president we had. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, of course, you got him on lead vocals. You know, he basically, he's he does all the singing. He does some keyboards on there. He's the composer. He plays a little guitar. He writes all the songs and spends countless days and hours in front of the Pro Tools yeah. to make this happen. I mean, on guitar, you got guys like Bumblefoot. You know, everybody knows that guy. Um, Richard Fortas from one of my favorite bands, Honky Toast. And now the Dead Daisies. Yeah, that's right. But that's now with John Karabi. Great bands, man. Crazy. And Richard Fortas among this list. I mean, you got guys like Buckethead and Paul Tobias and Robert Fink. Those are just the guitar players. These are Yeah, these are all people that have been through the GNR camp. Those guys are all super in their own right. On bass, you got Tommy Stinson, you know. From that, a replacement. Yeah, that yeah. guy's been around. Chris that was, a, that was a left turn. Yeah. Yeah, I never totally. thought I'd remember the replacements would be playing with GNR. No, but, you know, that guy really is fantastic. Oh, he's a great he's musician. really fantastic. On drums, you got Frank Ferrer and Josh Freeze. You know, we know yeah. Josh Freeze he's has done a bunch everyone. of stuff. Uh, keyboards, hey, you got Dizzy Reed. Dizzy Reed from the yeah, Dead Daisies yeah, also. That's, he's the only other one from the original Guns N' Roses. And then, of course, you got, like, the orchestras and the symphonies <laughs> and the brass sections and the choirs and the harpists <laughs> and the French horners and all that good stuff. I mean, fuck, the, the list of engineers, masters, mixers, and engineering assistants and therapists, pro tools and <laughs> therapists, I mean... It reads like a fucking movie credit. I mean, the list is a mile long. You know, but the thing is with this, Chinese democracy gets a lot of shit. You know, people do talk a lot of shit about it. But, I mean, it went to number three on the U.S. Billboard album charts. It was certified platinum. It sold over a million in Europe. Europeans were buying it. I mean, hmm. every apparently I thought, you know, hey, nobody's really gave this album a chance. So, and it is a super group. Even, you know, you talk about all those great musicians that played on it and the sheer massive number of people that were involved in the making of this and the, the moments, minutes, hours, days in front of the Pro Tools for Axl Rose. Could it ever possibly live up to the expectation after oh. all that time? No matter what he did, could it have lived no, up? it would have had to sell 20 million copies. And here I thought I was doing something special because I thought I was the only one that bought it. But it turns out you guys have all heard this before. So, you know, to round out the show today with supergroups, we're going to go Guns N' Roses. You guys have all heard this one apparently before. So uh, it's a great album. I like it. You know, for what it is, it's not Appetite for Destruction. Hell, it's not even Use Your Illusion. But it is, to me, the Axl Rose Band. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. So to round out today on the Decibel Geek Podcast Supergroups, it's super all right. It's Axl Rose and the Guns N' Roses with IRS. See ya.
All right, KISS Army. Since 2007, you've been getting PodKissed, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your PodKissed. Every month, the PodKissed crew, along with the KISS room, brings you KISS talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great KISS fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 